The Dorkening and all affiliated shows are not intended for anyone under the age of 18. The following may contain discussions or scenes that have adult situations, graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual content, and graphic language. This show is intended for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. You're watching The Dorkening. Stay tuned. Hey there, true believers. Special guest Justin Cooper joins us tonight to talk about the Valiant series Harbinger and the first book Omega Rising. Superpowered teenager Peter Stanchik is on a dangerous path. Skipping across the country in a desperate attempt to stay one step ahead of the authorities, Peter is quickly realizing that he's a psionically charged Harbinger with the potential to reshape the course of human history. We cover Harbinger, and a lot more awesomeness following these important messages. Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! Their mission, to fight injustice, to right that which is wrong, and to serve all mankind. I can't get over this. So the only thing left to say, of course, is the one obvious thing. Excelsior! Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Hey, hey, happy Tuesday, everybody. You're watching Splash Pages, the comic book club, powered by the Dorkening Podcast Network. My name's Leo. I'm the monkey behind the keyboard here. And as always, the Velvet Joker. How's it going, Rich? Good evening, good evening. How's everyone doing tonight? How are you, Leo? How are you, uh, Mr. Justin? Awesome. Yes, that's great to hear. Well, let's, uh, <laughs> let's talk Valiant. Valiant. Speaking of that, Justin from Geek Life Headquarters. How's it going, my friend? Doing awesome, man. Glad to be back. Oh, totally. And uh, you brought a nice little book with us. Uh, before we get into that, uh, you know, um, should I bring my, my Sophia right now? Oh, please do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tell you what, uh, Rich, why don't you uh, <laughs> uh, keep the, uh, the... Oh, I lost my headphones. This is the Hold inner on. Sophia magic happening. Feel it. Love it. Live it. Come on, Leo, don't leave me hanging. Do yeah, it. Yeah, hold on. It's fucking up. <laughs> He's putting his Sophia mask on. All right, hold on. More uh, magic. Uh, more <laughs> magic, more magic. Oh, I need different headphones. Magic. Here it comes. Any second now. I can feel it. Hurry the hell up, Leo. Okay, you know what? Uh, so oh, nice. I was going to get a Sophia like uh, wig. And I can't hear you guys right now so because my headphones fell. But I figured since I'm traveling back in time, I get a nice Back to the Future hat. Uh, looks a little, a little less silly than a uh, Sophia wig. Uh, okay, so uh, channeling my inner Sophia 
picture at Sicily 2012. Barack Obama was pre- president. A rematch at the 2008 Super Bowl. The New York Giants defeated New England Patriots 21 to 17. A major upset. Yeah. We paid a ticket price of seven dollars and ninety six cents to go see a group of own unknowns save New York in the Avengers, which grossed a measly six hundred twenty three million that year. Followed by a bat with a broken bat in The Dark Knight Rises, also The Hunger Games, Skyfall, Amazing Spider-Man, Brave, Django Unchanged, Wreck-It Ralph. That was a good year, 2012. Yeah. If you're a kid in 2012, you missed out on Saturday morning cartoons, but you did get Adventure Time, The Regular Show, Amazing World of Gumball, and I didn't know this, Mad had a cartoon in 2012. Yeah. It was on uh, Cartoon Network. Uh, gas cost $3.45 a gallon, an all-time high at the time. We witnessed Superstorm Sandy. Costa Concordia cruise ship flipped over because they were doing a little sightseeing there. And uh, the economy was in recovery. And apparently the zombie apocalypse, yes, it was Florida, where two naked men eating one of the victim's nose and eyeballs. You know, enough said about that. Uh, and there was a couple of oh, the zombie-related things. But, you know, Florida. And, uh, oh, the Higgs boson was discovered. So uh, Harbinger, super-powered teenager Peter Stanchik, is on a dangerous path, skipping across the country in a desperate attempt to stay one step ahead of the authorities. Peter is quickly realizing that he's a psionically charged Harbinger, with the potential to reshape the course of the human history. But Peter's plight has not gone unnoticed. Respected philanthropist and fellow harbinger Toyo Harada is about to offer Peter the chance at the things to which the boy has always longed. Family, inner peace, self-control, and induct him into the sprawling secret network of conspiracy and subversion known as the Harbinger Foundation. Now Peter begins the long road, towards a destiny that will shake the very foundations of the valiant universe. His first lesson, all power comes at a price. Collecting the five issues of the critically acclaimed series by the New York Times best-selling author Joshua Desart, unknown soldier, acclaimed artist Kari Evans from Carbon Gray, and Louis LaRosa from Punisher Max. This is a perfect place to catch up with a series that comic book resource is called Superheroes at its Best. And if you're interested in checking out, I have an Amazon link up above or down below, depending on where you're watching or listening to us, to check out Harbinger Omega Rising on Amazon. How'd I do, Justin? Dude, that was so good. (laughs) That was so good. And then you even had, like, the plug from, like, uh, oh, comic said this. And I'm like, wow. That was uh, really professional. I, I think you did it absolute justice. Well, well thank this you. This is something not a lot of people are probably aware of. I, you know, we'll get into, you know, whether we enjoyed it or not. Uh, but apparently this was a series in 1996 that Valiant purchased. So this, um, this was an original uh, comic back in the early days of Valiant when um, Valiant started. They had a book called Harbinger, which was kind of like their teenage team book. Think of like an X-Men or Teen Titans or something along those lines. Um, it was actually one of the more profitable books. Like it was like if you were looking back in the 90s to buy the book, 
issue number one was going for like 125 bucks. You're like, what? Why is that so expensive? You know, limited run, things like that, errors in the printing, all that. You know, but um, it was expensive. But um, so this is kind of like a re, um, I guess you want to say like a reimagining of of like a previous a previous team book that they had. And I believe the origins are like you said, where they had purchased it, uh, something along those lines back in um, in the early 90s. Yeah, it was original story by Jim Shooter, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. We all know him, Mister uh, Mister Secret Wars. Yeah, and he's uh, he's going to be at um, New England Comic Con, right, this weekend. Nice. Yeah, you yeah. can ask him about Harbinger. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> But uh, the, the other interesting thing is Harbinger will be the next Valiant movie that they're making. Um, it's not owned by the same uh, the same company, Sony, that did Bloodshot, which is the other Valiant movie that has come out. But Harbinger will be released by um, – I forget w- what company it is, but it's it's going to be the next one that's put up on the screen. Hmm. Really? Now, now Justin, um, now something I was reading that uh, that existence of Valiant, Marvel sued into obscurity. So what is the new – of so there's a couple different versions of Valiant. So there's that original Valiant, and then shortly after that, as you said, like with with the the lawsuits and stuff, there was uh, they were purchased by Acclaim Comics, right? Mm-hmm. So and um, I think that had something to do with Activision or something like that. But if you think way back to the '90s, right, there was a lot of properties that were getting made into things. Like there was Exo Man War and Iron Man had a video game. Um, Shadow Man had a video game that was pretty popular. But um, the the big one was Turok, Turok the Dinosaur Hunter. Oh, that yeah. was a Valiant comic back then, and then that turned into the N sixty four game, which was humongous. Yeah. It was. So after that, it just kind of went into obscurity, and you're like, all right, what's happening with this? There's no comics, there's no video games, nobody's doing anything with these uh, intellectual properties. For a long time, they just kind of languished until there was this resurgence from um, Valiant in 2012. And with that, they brought back their characters. They brought back Harbinger, uh, Exo Manwar, who's kind of like he's their flagship character. So Exo Manwar, Bloodshot. If you've ever seen the Bloodshot movie, you know you know him. Ninjak, who is one of my favorites. He's he's basically James Bond as like the world's most successful ninja. He's kind of amazing. Shadow Man, who is is like your Doctor Strange sort of magical character. Doctor Mirage, who is a psychic that talks to her dead husband that's a ghost and, and goes into hell to help free spirits. And you're like, what? Archer and Armstrong, um, which is an immortal paired with like just a young guy. You know, and you're like, what's going on here? Oh, this young guy can do all these martial arts and stuff. There's a lot more to this series than you think. But just some of these books are just so well written and well done. And I mean, just amazing. But coming from where they were back in the day with Jim Shooter and like, like um, um, I'm trying to think of who it was uh, that did all the Conan books. But um, like, like uh, there was like three people that had the company. It was like Jim Shooter and um, I want to say Menser Lobes, but I'm not, I'm not sure. Uh, the guy that did the Weapon X Wolverine book. But um, a couple artists and all that. And I mean, it was it was good stuff. It just it didn't last because it didn't hook on like everything else. But um, this version of Valiant that we're looking at combined with with the version that comes out in 2015, that's kind of where we are in current continuity with Valiant. And these guys actually claim to have the third largest connected universe out of all comic companies. So Marvel, DC and Valiant more than Image, more than Dark Horse. And I mean, that's ambitious. Oh, you mean okay? Yeah, because so connected between the individual titles. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because image, all that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, image, I mean, really, you know, they do do crossovers, but it's, you know, uh, like Turtles, you know, Turtles uh, only, well, they crossed over with DC and like Predator and stuff. Um, Ghostbusters is crossing over with Transformers for now, for some reason. Uh, yep, the IDW. Yep. Yeah. You've got uh, right now My Little Pony and Transformers are crossing over. That wow. is a real thing, my friends. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh, and Jurassic Park and Transformers. I, ju- awesome. I just saw that today. <laughs> that's that's even better than the last one. Uh, yeah, there's I'm a Doctor Ian Malcolm, and uh, I'm a Transformer. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. They, they got the T Rex and the Jeep. Uh, I guess they come as a set or something like that. Oh, cool. Or, I don't know if it's yeah. I saw the pictures today. It looks crazy. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. Transformer. That, that's part of the fun in this story because you've already come across by reading this. You've come across some major players in the Valiant universe, and you didn't even know it. So, I mean, Pete's up there, but Toyo Harada is like the Charles yeah, Xavier of this universe, and he is just he has his hand in every pie, so to speak. I'm glad you said that because I was getting kind of an by the by the time I finished the second book, I was getting a real X-Men vibe. Real, I was like, oh they're setting up like the X-Men, but, you know, a little well more funded. And, and they start off with um, kind of his mentor there, the Bleeding Monk. So the right. story behind him is that he's the world's, one of the world's most powerful psyots, which is what they call psychics. He's uh, he's a near immortal precognitive and uh, telepath. And uh, he was wounded with a mystic spear and it causes constant bleeding and the wound to never be closed. So, so we just kind of walk in and it's like the room is blood red and you're like, what's going on? This is very reminiscent to me. If you've ever read a book called uh, Triumph and Torment, Doctor Strange and Doctor Doom, this is this starts out almost exactly the same way with like how Doctor Doom shows up at like the mystics um, cave there. So I'm like, all right, I see where you're going here. (laughs) It was pretty fun. Absolutely. And uh, but, um, oh, yeah, I, I was going to ask you guys a question. Do you like Pete like to start out? No, he, he's not a good character. Yeah, man. Um, it's funny. I, I didn't like him until maybe the, the last book. And then I'm like, oh, OK, I'm starting to see what's going on. But this is a troubled character who's I mean, he's he's uh, using his psychic gifts to try to get drugs to help his buddy out himself. And, you know, oh. he manipulates a woman into thinking she's in love with him. Like, yeah, wow, yeah. this guy is kind of a piece of crap. <laughs> Yeah, he does not make good choice. No, no, definitely not. <laughs> but you definitely see, you know, where um, where life has really fucked him over, though. It, it's, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's definitely, he reminded me a lot like uh, I had a nephew that definitely went down the wrong path. And it, it's, I could see a lot of him in, in, in uh, Peter, you know, and you have a friend that's, you know, trying to. Even though you're trying to be good, you know, he, he's, you know, uh, you know, constantly fucking up your life, you know? And, uh, but yeah, it, it's just like nothing went, uh, went right for him. It's, it's funny because he's running from all these people and you're not really sure who the bad guy is for a good portion of this book. You're like, oh, well, he's trying to get away from, from this guy and he's already mind wiped him like six times, but he keeps coming after him. And, you know, he's, he's trying to get, uh, together with uh, Toyo Harada, who's trying to help him out. But it, it just, it's one of those things that always stuck with me from Lord of the Rings when it's like you have someone who wants to help you and they feel fair or they, they seem fair and feel foul, you know, where, where realistically you should be with the person who, you know, feels fair and seems foul, you know, like you're Aragorn or something like that. And, and I mean, to have like this this whole thing handed to him is like, oh, here you go. You're going to be the chosen one. Come with us. You can be with me. And and he doesn't even suspect that there's ulterior motives or anything. You know. 
Right, which is like the first question you got to say. Well, what do they really want? And uh, I, I still think even at the end of the four books, it's not totally really revealed um, because Harada says one thing to him and then he talks to the monk and uh, he says another thing about, you know, uh, Mr. Stanchik's future. And uh, it, it seems to be uh, multi-layered here. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's definitely a book that this arc is building to something. And I would have really liked to have kept going with it to see what it was building to it's it's um it's definitely like an appetizer oh totally yeah yeah. just a taste of the story did anyone go beyond i did not i i I did not this time because i only have i've got the trade paperback so you know and uh the cool thing that that valiant did when they they released all the trade paperbacks the first issue of all of them is is the cheapest I think it's I think it's like nine ninety nine, and then when you get to the next ones, it's like fourteen ninety nine, like two, three, four things like that. So if you want to get into it, it's always you know a little bit cheaper. And I and I go to a place called Half Price Books out here where I get it half oh, anyway. Nice. So I'm like, all right, cool, I'll nice. check it out. Yeah, that's not bad. Five bucks for that? Yeah, ser- seriously, you know, and it's well worth five dollars worth of reading. So uh, totally, yeah. The uh, you know it, it's you talk about you know um, how we feel about um, Peter, but you know it, it's hard to. See see you know there's really no good guy in this you know uh, i i agree with that you know because you've got you've got supporting characters like on the page there you're showing you've got uh ingrid right and um is it darpan is the the character the other I, one i believe so. then yeah. you've got yeah. um hidden moon right in I mean, to me, he reads as Professor Snape from kind of Professor Snape uh, from Harry Potter a little bit, you know, where it's like he wants to push you, but he also wants to hold you back and, you know, show you who's boss. And also a little, if you guys are into My Hero Academia, um, there's the teacher, Mr. Chizawa, who can turn your powers off. He kind of reminds me of him a little bit, too. So but all of this would have well, well preceded uh, the My Hero Academia. Yeah. Um, and spoiler, I mean, what they do to his friend is just like, what the hell? Why did they do that? But you, you see, you know, they were trying to, trying to, well, I don't want to spoil it. Well, fuck it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, it's at this point, it's it's just about ten years old. Yeah. So you know, from from this, um, and it's going to be in the movie, hopefully. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So but, I mean, you have uh, Peter, where the the monk, you know, says he's he's going to be the harbinger and and you know, destroyer of the world, and you know, you figure you got a last uh, last bet to bring him back to the light side by killing off his friend and trying to think you know he has nowhere else to turn but uh you know toyo and uh it definitely goes awry and that's where they leave you off yeah and i wonder what they get the girl to well here here's the thing so as we get into it a little bit deeper and i think you've just hit it there so we start learning about some other characters one of the characters is faith so Faith was uh, publicly, I think, the um, the first quote-unquote plus-size superhero, right? So you kind of have to deal with that. But she is, you know, like she has to deal with, um, you know, oh, I'm insecure about the way I look and I'm never going to get a guy and stuff. So we, we see that part in in wherever she's written and all that. But the, the cool thing is she is the ultimate fangirl, right? So she's constantly talking about things like she's into the Hunger Games, she's into Firefly, she's into Joss Whedon and you know um like all these shows and all that past this book she has her own comic and it is absolutely delightful you know she you find out what her powers are and how she uses them how she manages her fame how she keeps her secret identity and all that so this book is such a key because it builds on all other characters that we've seen 
like past this. And and the Faith books are really good. They actually um, they made hardcover uh, books of them, and I think I saw them in in like either Walmart or Target. So it's it's a pretty compelling story. It's pretty fun. And um, the other characters that we see in here, we get into uh, the date that shows up, Obadiah Archer. And that's a cool crossover because there's there's a book called Archer and Armstrong. And Archer is, is you know, this, this young kid who's kind of like a savant. He was raised by a religious cult of zealots and all that to be an assassin. And he is a badass fighter. He's really freaking amazing to, to behold. And his bodyguard is... An immortal kind of think of like Ben Grimm, but not like made of stone. Like if he was just like a regular mook sort of guy and he's like, oh, yeah, Michelangelo's David. Yeah, I posed for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I told him to go. I told him to go smaller so he didn't intimidate people when he looked at my junk. You know, it's like and he's like, oh, yeah, I drank with Shakespeare. You know, it's like in every comic has all these historical allegories of someone that he hung out with and drank with. So it's so funny. You know, and um, the the other one that it really goes into is Livewire. We have no idea how important Livewire is in the Valiant universe. We just see her here as a bit player working for Harada. She's a technopath. She has so much importance because she can control machines. She can fly. She can do electricity. She's so cool when we get into it. And she connects with all these different versions of like Valiant comics. Like she... She's dating Ninjak at one point. She um, she's able to uh, stop Exo Manwar by disrupting his uh, Shinara armor. And Exo Manwar is their big character. That's their Superman. That's their Iron Man. You know, wh- whomever they have. So she is supremely important. So the the cool thing, having never read this before, now seeing where these characters come from, seeing someone like Faith in her origin, and seeing you know, oh, Livewire. I didn't realize she worked for Harada at the Harbinger uh, at the Harbinger uh, Corporation. I'm like, this is really amazing. So that was kind of fun, like just picking up these little um, Easter eggs for me, at least. Nice. Uh, I have a friend at uh, work that he's he's definitely a Valiant reader, and uh, you know he's he's been trying to get me to to read Valiant for a bit. Uh, but one of the things when we talk about you know uh, going to pick up our our box at uh, you know our local comic shop. You know, it's I, I always know my box is going to be, you know, a, a hefty price because I'm, you know, mainly <laughs> mainly picking up DC and a little bit of Marvel. And, you know, he, he won't go for, you know, six months and I'll be like, you know, just Valiant is more about seems like it's more about quality than quantity. You know, you're you not, nailed it, man. Yeah. You're not getting, you know, five different Spider-Man books a month. You're getting, you know, just it's it's uh, yeah, it's um, they do some unique stuff right now. Yeah. The big books that they have and um, they have Shadow Man, which just came out. And that's a horror book written by Cullen Bunn. You know, that that one's really cool. It goes into like the magic and voodoo aspect of things. Um, they have, I think, a book called Savage which is kind of like a caveman sort of uh, thing. They have Dr. Tomorrow. Uh, there's a new Ninjak book coming out. But other than that, I mean, you have Exo Man War, which comes out maybe every three months. And like you said, for quality, it's all about quality. They're not even putting more than a couple books out each month. You know? But the cool thing is some of the variants they've had have been so interesting. Like, um, I've never seen it before. They have glass covers or carbon really? fiber or something like that. And you're like, I can't imagine anything more, you know, collectible than a comic book cover made of glass. That's insane. <laughs> that is crazy. Wow. Yeah, well, little, well, yeah. Once they charge for that. 
it's a retail exclusive, so you have to get them after ordering so many from from the uh, the publisher. So imagine you order like 400 issues of Exo Man War, then you get that one special edition. So they're really hard to come by. Oh god, I have never seen one. So <laughs> I'd love to though. Kind of like the uh, the Platinum Spider-Man number one, right? Yeah, you're front. Yeah. yeah, probably right on that one. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Not, not the hologram Spider-Man. Uh, I don't think it was hologram. No, it was uh there was a platinum one that was like a retailer exclusive. Okay. And uh, yeah, it's crazy price. I, I I had a chance to buy one uh for a couple hundred when they first came out. It was like yeah, it was out of my price range. But it's, yeah, it was. Yeah. 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 I I've been keeping up with the last Ronin ones. I actually was just before I got on here looking at the pre-orders for issue four. So, but those are like the retailer exclusives are like one one for every 25 or something so they'll get a couple of them but you you got to get there on the day they're released to be able to even have a chance man yeah wow so so going through this i'm, I'm assuming we're all gonna continue reading this uh we'll, we'll go over our rankings on them um but where else you know if somebody enjoyed this where else should they go next on the valiant uh, tour. So here's here's the interesting thing. If you do Comicology Unlimited, you oh. can get every every I, Valiant book on there, and you can borrow it, and you can and you can just read it with your subscription. Every single one of them. If uh, if you're into digital stuff, you can go to the Valiant website, and they sell like little um, like your little jump drives that you plug in with the USB, and you can get this entire collection of their entire run. Of from 20, 2012 through twenty fifteen on a jump drive for like forty five dollars. Really? So it's so the amount of stuff that you get for the value is ridiculous. That is crazy. So not even just that, you can still go and get all of the trade paperbacks at places like I said, uh, like the I, I go to half price books or I'll or I'll go to my comic shop and they'll they'll have them if they're used like half price. This stuff is out there. It's incredibly available. And you can even get the back issues if you want. I, I did that because I started getting into a book called Quantum and Woody, which is hilarious. I don't know if you've ever seen a picture of that. It's um, they're they're two brothers. One is black, one is white, and they have a goat. And it's 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 just. I mean, their villain is Thomas Edison. I don't even know how to describe it. It's just so damn funny. Yeah. <laughs> Quantum and, and for our nerds that don't have the extra budget for that, um, uh, I actually was able to find uh, this series on ComicExtra.com mm-hmm. free. There are ads you have to deal with, um, but I mean, like I, I found the, the the old version, the new version. They had the trade paperback, so I'm assuming they can find almost anything you need to find on Valiant as well on Comic Extra. Very cool. Just you know, our budget conscious nerds. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially if you're just looking to dip your toe in. But um, I can tell you with stuff this big, there's literally something for every type of, of comic fan. You know, you, you've got Bloodshot, which it reads like an action movie. It's, it's just like, wow, whoa, explosion. Whoa, what's going on here? You've got Exo Man War, which is, oh, I'm in space and, you know, I only have one arm and, you know, I've got to fight off this alien invasion. All right, let's do this. Okay. You know, um, like I said, you've got Faith, who's the ultimate fangirl who became a superhero. You've got Harbinger, which is, you know, how are we going to save the world and get away from this terrible person? You know, um, you've got the Eternal Warrior, who is the um, the guardian of Earth that keeps dying and coming back since the beginning of time, which is just a really crazy book. And then it goes into the future and you're like, what is happening here? <laughs> and then Archer and Armstrong and Quantum and Woody. Uh, Dr. Mirage, which is, if, if you don't even like comic books, I could definitely see people reading Dr. Mirage because there's so much, 
just passion and it's so dramatic and it's like an adventure story, you know, in, in a love story all kind of wrapped into, into some paranormal ghost shenanigans. So, oh, wow. you know, any of that stuff. And, and like, like uh, Rich is saying, you can find it. It's definitely easy to come by. And uh, <clears throat> Rich, you mentioned uh, comics, uh, uh, comicsology. Uh, was it you or was it? Uh, uh, Comicology. Yeah, Comicsology. I was comic extra. You were com- No, I'm. I think no. Drew was talking about it, and then uh, I think Justin, you were talking about Comicsology before. Yes. Uh, yep. I think we were chatting about it the other day, and I ended up just subscribing to it. So. Yeah, it's like seven ninety nine a month. So yeah. you know, in the terms of what you get. And, and here's the other thing too. You can go to your local library and find these books. My book, my book, I had, so I already owned it. But um, I mean, the library has copies of Ninjak and Quantum and Woody and stuff like that. So I love going to see what they have, so I can I can read it and just kind of dip in my toe and say, is this something I want to keep going with? Yeah. You know. Well, your local. And, and sometimes no, it's not. <laughs> uh, you can also get the digital versions from your local library too. There's a, yes. a library service. I forgot the name of it. As long Hoopla. as yeah. Hoopla, yes. As long as you got a library card, you have uh, access. And if you pay your library fees. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Don't be late with your books, young man. You guys remember when Al Bundy had his his, uh, book so long and he finally returned it? (laughs) I love that. Uh, We uh, speak, it's not Al Bundy, but it's, you know, I like to think of it as like a continuation of it is uh, we just finished watching, um, and I know this is totally comic related. Uh, Modern Family. Oh yeah. Oh my God, is that such a good show? It was. Yeah, yeah. We just is that the last great sitcom? Well, it, because it finished in 2020, actually. Uh, yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, that ran for what 11, 12 seasons, something like that. It's so funny you mentioned. I was just thinking of of how that was filmed, and that was filmed similar to The Office, similar to Parks and Rec, and yep. and then you've got Modern Family, and it's like that's that's the style of the the 2010s yeah you know yeah. it's it's very different than like a married with children or even like a monsters or adams family you know some of the the older ones yeah we we actually started watching it because of uh uh wandavision oh yeah, yeah. that makes sense yeah because uh, you know everybody was talking you know it's a modern family episode and heard so much about it we decided to start watching it and fell in love with it we just binged it and uh, but, uh i don't know if that's the last great sitcom because i mean it creeks was pretty god amazing yeah, that is a good point. That's I don't even that is that a sitcom because it's I don't even know. Oh, it's definitely a comedy. Yeah. It, oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's definitely a comedy, and and in that I vein, watch I'll, anything I'll, with I'll, Chris Elliott in it. <laughs> I'll, I'll spin left. We we just uh, previewed that first episode of that new what fuck Kevin, which is the uh, oh. the girl from Shit's Creek, the sister. It's her new show, her new premise. Oh. And uh, yeah, we hated. We thought it was a disaster. Really? That's oh, AMC. Wow. That was that Leo? That was that. That was AMC. I don't know what it's on. To be honest. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 a, I'm a TV pirate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what, I don't know what day it's on. I don't know what time it's on. I just, long as it's been viewed, I can view it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. I, 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 character. What can I tell you? <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's why we love you. So. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Uh, uh, so not that good, huh? No, it was, um, well, it's, it's, it, they're trying to do something like it's part corny sitcom, but they're also doing like, they're trying Boston accents and I, I don't really feel like they're doing it very successfully. Oh boy. 
and oh um, and then they they sort of flash to this whole other thing where it's like her dealing with depression and anxiety and it's sort of dramaful and and I see they're trying to trope it up but oh my god I just I don't know maybe maybe I need to give it another episode or two but it's really hard to digest that whole first episode. Wow. What's your uh, what's your cutoff for a series? Um, how many episodes will you watch? Uh, sometimes I won't last ten minutes. Oh okay. <laughs> Um, if if the acting is really horrible and the dialogue is like if if I find myself trailing off and looking at my phone, I know it's a bad show. There you go. Um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I, I could go one episode, I could go three episodes. Um, it all depends on my mood because right now I, I've got a few things I'm watching, so I'll probably throw that back on the back burner for a month or two till I get dry again before I give it another resurgence. Now I don't know if you guys knew this, but uh, speaking of shows. They filmed a, um, I want to say it's a four-episode miniseries. It's called Ninjak versus the Valiant Universe. You can definitely watch this on YouTube, and um, I'll send you send you a link, Leo, nice. for this. Um, you'll you'll recognize some of the cast members, but um, to to play Bloodshot, they actually got Jason David Frank, the Green Ranger. So to uh to play this so this is um this does feature live wire live wires in it so that's that's kind of cool um obadiah archer's in it but um there's no faith or there's no pete stanachek or anything like that but it's kind of a little glimpse into the valiant universe um not exactly a sitcom you know but uh <laughs> but it, it's got some fun moments and and it's it's a cool watch and it's all based on they had a a four issue miniseries where ninjak had to kind of take on all of the all of the um, big characters in in the Valiant universe, so it is kind of fun. Nice. What's what, what, the production value like, Justin? Uh, should be on YouTube. You should be. Able- oh, I, I think we're losing you, Justin. You there? Yeah, yeah. Oh. I dropped out for a second. Okay. Uh, oh, you YouTube definitely. Has- what did is that, what's the production value of that? Pretty good, actually. I'd say um, I'd say better than Sci-Fi Channel quality. Not not like cinematic quality, but. Um, they put some money into this. Okay. You know, it's um the costumes look really good, the makeup is good, the effects are pretty decent. It's it's one of those things where you're like, huh, you know, it's like it's um not quite a fan film, but it has like the the energy of a fan film because it's it's more passion than production. Yeah. Well, listen, I won't lie, going into this, I was I was a little bit I was like, huh, I don't know, I'm kind of dreading this. And I kept putting off reading it, and I kept putting off reading it. And I'm not—I I don't object to non-Marvel and DC titles. Um, I've certainly read my share of independence, but I—I I don't know. I just wasn't excited for whatever reason. I hadn't heard about it. I—I I wasn't aware of it. But um, but Justin, I got to say, besides that, the story was really fun and great and uh, captivating. I mean, I—I—I I, I literally had no TV, no, nothing was on. I was at the computer, reading, 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 eating my pizza, reading, reading, reading. Um, and and you now hearing you. You talk about all the other characters that were integrated in the story. I, I now have an interest in this universe. Um, so that's hey, awesome. Thanks for the suggestion. It, and there's a whole book on Toyo Harada too. So it's it's I think the life and times of Toyo Harada. And I mean it's it's basically you know he survived the Hiroshima blast in Japan and he became the world's uh, the first most powerful telepath until Pete came along. So. Right. But uh, that's awesome to hear, man. I'm I'm excited. I I like I said, I have never read this book. Like I'm familiar with these characters, but you know, I was so into the other aspects of the universe. I'm like, I'll get around to reading it. And and um, it, it's funny too because I've seen so much better from Valiant in in like some of the aspects. Like I really like the writing in this, but for me, I'm like the art was a little off. 
which is is weird for me to say, but um, you know, it's I, I wish that it was a, a bit less. Um, I don't know, like like um, I, I wish it was a bit more like the covers that we saw, like those uh, like almost like more photorealistic and stuff. And I know that would have cost like crazy amounts of money, but it's like I wanted like a more realistic story from it. So at least in the art. So okay, uh, I'm right there with you with the with the artwork. I mean, it's. Uh, in some spots, it was really good, and like the covers were amazing, uh, but it where it really fell short for me was definitely the artwork. But the story was awesome. Yeah, you know, yeah. It, it's uh, it, it was definitely you know uh, a story where where you can you know definitely see the realities in it. Even though you're talking about you know a guy that you know uh, can move stuff with his mind and just you know has all these powers and you know all these other people that have their powers and. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was really decent. Yeah, so, and there's a natural progression for Pete too, because like I said, in the beginning of the story, you don't like him. Then you get to the end, and you kind of see what he's all about. And you know, you're like, oh, he's kind of a prick. Oh, he's got a hard edge. Oh, but he really cares about his friend, and he really kind of wants to do that. And then you get to the part where they're asking him to turn on someone's latent psyop powers, yeah. and he's like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And he takes a stand against, you know, the only person that's ever helped him because he has a moral issue against what's going on. He doesn't want to hurt anybody. We haven't seen that until this point. So we're four issues in until we actually see any real humanity out of Pete. Yeah, because so he's I'm like good. <laughs> well, yeah, because uh, he's told uh, what one in four die from the procedure and. You know, it's either putting uh, putting faith was uh, was it faith at the time or yeah, it was, it was yeah, yeah. So it was saying uh, you know either put her through the machine or give it a go, and and uh, obviously it, it worked. It's uh, he fucked and her then, up. Then we get to the last panel and yeah. uh, she saves his ass. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so crowbars. Who would like to go first? Oh, well, just, I thought our guest Justin go. Sounds good. Uh, yeah, out of five. Um, I don't want to rate this one too low, you know, but like I said, the art art to me, it's like the art could have been a little more clear. Like it's, um, it, I don't know what it reminds me of. It reminds me of like maybe ultimate X-Men or something like that, like back in the day. So it's like, it's not, it's not bad. And I don't want to say that it's bad at all. I just want to say, I felt like it could have been clearer had it been drawn in a different style. Um, I'm going to say the the story, I, I liked it a lot. I'm going to actually give this, um, four crowbars but with like you know just on the edge of three and a half to four because i, I really like the story but the art took it out of it for me so so if i could do 3.75 i would do that but you know probably just four you can do whatever you want to do my friend whatever you... <laughs> all right 3.75 3.75 <laughs> velvet joker this to be difficult yeah I, i'm not too far off of justin's i'm, I'm actually going to say 3.85 Less for me about the art. Um, one of the things that kept bothering, and it's done in many comics, um, like in the beginning when they're like, they rehash the story. Like they kill a, a page or two of rehashing what we already heard, previous book and previous book and previous book. And I've always found that to be very annoying. And I feel like you're you're almost saying, hey, customer, you're, you're stupid. You're not going to remember what you've read and what you've been anticipating the next part of the story. So for that reason, instead of the art, I'm going to say 3.8. 3.85. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, yeah, the only, like I said, the only thing I found, uh, and it seems like we all have the same issue was, uh, was the art. Uh, but I mean, you know, looking at the art of the last panel, actually I'll show right here. Uh, the monk, I mean, that just looks friggin' badass, you know, and, and, uh, 
it's very prophetic too. Like you just see that he's left the place that he was with the bloody uh, footprints, and then he's walking yeah. down the bridge. It's pretty cool. <laughs> Uh, you There's know, definitely some interesting imagery of, in this. Um, I know you guys were complaining about the art, but like the uh, like the birth of Dar Pan, yep. the baby that had never been picked up before because anyone who got near it um, yeah. would relive horrible memories of their lives. Um, and then Harada sort of takes them in, uh, and and the woman that was like watching over him that had like no eyes. Oh yeah, yeah. Very creepy that imagery. Uh, so I mean, I mean, he's he's definitely he's pulling some good stuff going on. Absolutely. Yeah. I th- I think it's it's positioned well, it's staged well, like like for for dramatic effect and all that. Um, I, I think like the action and all that, it's it's in good spots. It's for me, it's all about the details and and some of the things like especially in the first in the first issue, like uh, when he meets Chris, the girl, and all that. I'm like, all right, what's going on with her face? There's like crap all over her face. So and again, that's me being totally nitpicky with the art. You know, it's not that I dislike it. It's just like the details in it really kind of bother me. So. Yeah, I, I noticed that as well about her face, and then later on, and different, then you see that it's a lip. Yeah, yeah, and you're like, you're like, what? this this <laughs> could like, have oh, been clearer. Yes, this could have been a little more clear. So, uh, so for me, I think I'm going to give this three and a half. Um, you know, maybe closer to three point seven five, but yeah, definitely a solid three and a half. Uh, and uh, yeah, like I said, the the artwork, I wish it would have been better, but yeah, the story was great. And, uh, yeah, I think you've uh, introduced us uh, more to Valiant there, Justin. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see you guys like take a look at um, a book like Ninjak and, and um, that, because if you look at the Matt Kent run on that one, where you have Clayman doing the art, oh, my God, that's like... That's like we we were just doing um, Kingdom Come before, yep. where you had like Mark Wayne writing and then Alex Ross painting. It's kind of like that. You're like, holy crap, this this writing's amazing. Holy crap, this art's even better. Yeah. You know, it's it's just like really good, and then um, the Exo Man War run where it's it's kind of like if you've ever read John Carter of Mars, it's kind of like that, but in space with space armor, and you're like, oh damn, <laughs> it's just so cool. Some really fun stuff from from these guys, and you know um, the the original run on a lot of the stuff is you can find any of it in like your quarter to fifty cent bins at any comic book shop. You can go in and you can find it. You know, absolutely. The first the first appearance of Ninjak you can get for like two bucks, you know, um, or 50 cents, depending on like my comic shop does like 50 cent Wednesdays and stuff like that. But um, like they were hard to read back in the day because they were on cheap paper stock and they didn't feel good in your hands. And, you know, the ink would bleed and, you know, the, the covers were too thin and all that. So it's like there was a lot of issues that I had with it back in the day. But these are on like it's it's on like like you ever oak tag from like um like uh when you're in like elementary school like that really thick sort of cardboardy paper like the cardstock they have like cardstock covers with like beautiful laser printed colored uh pages and all that and they're wow this has a really good feel to it so they they've really upped their production from the 2012 through currently so I, I highly recommend I, I know they have um Savage, Doctor Tomorrow, um Shadowman, Ninjak will be coming out again. Um, you know, like um and Rye, I think is another one. All of these these sort of things, these books are out now and, and they're pretty they're pretty good. So I, I would say check out some more stuff from them. Well, 
will do. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll go borrow some stuff from Comixology. Give it a try. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Dip the toe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I know uh, uh, normally before we talk about, you know, what we're reading now, but we didn't do that. We, we went right into the story, and I think that was a good progression. Uh, so what do you guys, are? You, is there anything else you guys are reading right now, or uh, what's going on? Um, I was reading Heroes Reborn. Is, oh, wow. Is that, that good? Which, which is interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to see where they're going with it. Uh, it it's interesting storyline, keeping me captivated. The art is good. Sharp. Um, but juggernaut you know, the duck it looked like what's that there's a juggernaut the duck yeah that that just looked amazing like my mind was like what yeah 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 they're, they're definitely uh doing some interesting fusions of characters it's fun stuff but uh but yeah that that's about it it's uh, I, i'm not uh i read this tonight i read that uh, earlier in the week that's about it for me how about you leo what are you reading uh, well, I blew through um, Batman Earth One Volume Three, which was phenomenal. Um, definitely a little little twist on uh, the Two Face character, and uh, but uh, yeah, it, uh, some people were complaining about, it, but I, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I have I need to get caught up on Robin. I think issue four just came out. Uh, I'm also reading, uh, you you can totally sense the theme, but uh, The uh, The Detective um, is a new Batman series. That's pretty good. Oh, neat. Yeah, he's over in, I believe he's over in the UK uh, trying to solve a a mystery of... uh, uh, so basically, this cult want is killing off anybody that Batman has saved. So trying to negate his worth into the world, and uh, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Really enjoy it, uh, and especially interesting some new characters uh, that you know, like Batman. Uh, you know, uh, brings out the Batmobile, and obviously he's overseas, and they're like, "Did you fly it over here?" And he's like, "No, I have a car in every country." <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, just uh just been enjoying that. I tried reading. Uh, I, I tried. Wait, is Batman wealthy again? I thought Batman was poor. I'm confused. It, uh, he's. It's poor. it's probably in Elseworlds or something. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely in Elseworlds. Uh, but he is poor, but not like he's he's brought down to millionaire status. Oh, he's no longer billionaire. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they they matter of fact, the last issue of Batman. Uh, they I think it was the last issue or the one before that. Uh, they were talking about. I thought you were poor, and it was like, uh, yeah, I'm I'm only a millionaire now, or something like that. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, he has uh, this uh, brownstone in in the city now, and uh, yeah. Well, he can't spend on tech like he used to, right? No, no, not at all. He he has a he has a nice car now, though, which is pretty cool. But he always has a nice car. Um, yeah, I tried reading, uh, web of Spider-Man. I thought, you know, first couple pages, it was looking good, but then it got weird. So, uh, I, I'll, I'll give it another try. The, the new web or a back in the day web. This is a new one. W E B mm-hmm. web of Spider-Man is yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm interested. I've been seeing heroes reborn. So, uh, it's like is it like a retelling or it it, it feels like an elseworld story but i'm, I'm not sure because they're not really revealing. at least i think i'm one issue behind um they're, they're not really revealing like what's going on it just seems to be like there's something going on in the universe and 
it's just totally I, you gotta read it leo it, it's like a reality fun. thing right what's that it's like a reality thing isn't it where um like yeah, reality like gets there's changed some, there's, there's, something's changed in rea- well I, I mean it's not like our kind of universe like everything is different uh, people are like amalgams of characters or or different people and i don't even know how to describe it, it okay it, well yeah i'm sorry i'm i'm, I'm kind of flummoxing this one. no 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 because i keep on seeing different covers and it's like uh heroes are born you know uh then there's like all the different uh storylines it's like a one-off is it like one-offs or a series or well, I, I think it's all connected but i'm just yeah. reading the the, you know, I think the main one okay five yeah the main storyline i haven't been reading the spin-off at all it's, okay. it's like a marvel company-wide crossover like secret wars was so there's going to be one central or, or um war of the realms you know so, something like that so it touches all the different characters in the universe exactly okay and they have the heroes return as well yeah i haven't gotten that okay <laughs> Uh, okay. Well, uh, and, uh, what about you, Justin? What else, what, what do you got going on? As I mentioned, I was, um, I was checking out the library and I, I did pick up some cool books. There is a Batman Elseworlds book that has all these different stories of Batman, including like the story where he became a Green Lantern. So I'm, I'm picking through that. Uh, I did start reading again Batman The Long Halloween after watching the animated film. Nice. It is by far my favorite Batman story. And I know a lot of people are into Hush and all that, but like Long Halloween is a detective Batman story. And it's so good. Awesome. Um, I read uh, some Indiana Jones comics that they had. That was kind of fun. It's just, um, it's always good to see just some grumpy old indie. Um, reading uh, Daredevil as usual. But um, I, I wanted to ask you guys, what do you think about the character punchline in um, in the DC? Because, uh, you know, you, you see her, she's all over the place and all that. Um, and I'm just kind of interested. Like, how is she landing with you as fans? Is she over already? No, um, she's. I, I feel they, like like she's being put out there as like the new Harley Quinn, but she doesn't have like the street cred for that. And we're like, whoa, slow down there, girl. You know? Well, I, I read her in a couple of storylines, and I read her back, you know, her background, her origin, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then she slits Harley's throat, and then Harley kicks her ass, mm-hmm. and then it seemed like Harley kind of embarrassed her, and Mister J kind of was like, yeah, whatever. And then I thought that was it with her. I thought she was just sort of a sh- one shot for like a year, and that was it. But oh, are they, they, they gave her her own series, I think, now? something like that. So she, she had like she's been in like a couple other books since and all that. Oh, okay. okay, I wasn't aware. I apologize. No, I I, I didn't know either. I, I I mean, I just saw her in in the Batman uh, storyline, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it was definitely uh, I took her as like a harsher Harley Quinn. You know, like Harley Quinn's like. Uh, more comedic and she was like really you know trying to be like a real eviler version of harley quinn at least that's what i took it at and uh but then you always see the the panel uh floating around uh something like um batman has a like an energy source in his in his uh belt and uh she goes what do you call it and i call it the battery or something like that (laughs) (laughs) i'll have to find a panel it's it's a lot funnier than than i'm putting it but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I get it. Yeah, I just, I'm just always curious because I I wonder if it comes across as ingenuine to other people. Because to me, I'm like, all right, who's this person that they're shoving down our throats? Because there's there's some gems in there that are like really cool characters that are like, oh, where did this one come from? And then it's like there's there's this character. It's like, wait a minute, we have a Harley Quinn. Why are you trying to recreate the wheel here? <laughs> <You know? 
Yeah, like she's a she's a fangirl, but she's also kind of murdery. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but she's not in love with Mister J, but she's in love with his essence or what he does. Oh, jeez, look at. I don't know. I love she's it. A weird character. I love it. The strange that's, that's psychological profile. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, Mr. J is happy to use anyone as he can. And I mean, it's just him putting his will out there and it's like extensions of himself. And, and if he can cause more chaos that way, then so be it. Whether she's there or whether she's not there, he's really not going to care one way or another. Which is which is totally interesting. And I mean, that's that's a character that you could talk about for years, years and years in terms of like being such an interesting character. I, I heard a uh, a theory one time from someone who was into let, let's say they're into an alternative sort of lifestyle, right? And their theory Wait, it, was, is it a furry? No, no, it was not a furry. It was uh, it was something a little different. It was like a dominatrix and all oh, that. Okay. And they had suggested that the um, the the dom was actually Harley, and you know the um, and the submissive was actually Joker. But it was kind of switched over for like when they were not in the bedroom. So he was basically like playing an act until they got into the bedroom and things were. And he's like, here's all the signs. You can see this like psychologically. He's he's, you know, a a lost boy character in this. And and I, I was just listening to this person. I'm like, oh, my God, that's crazy. I wonder if they would ever embrace that, you know, um. So there's, there's so much you can do with the Joker and Harley and, you know, just the Joker Mr. and Jay with a ball gag. Ex- exactly. <laughs> and, and that's the thing, too. You could go into that whole other side of like deviance and all that and how he's so very different than Batman, you know. So it's I don't know. Let, let's let's be honest. They, they had a hard time with Batman going down on Catwoman. So they're not even going to approach that. <laughs> He one hundred percent does. There is no they way. They showed Batman's junk. I mean, come on. But then yeah. they pulled it out right. Well, and I know that's the wrong saying, but that was, a, <laughs> that was a marketing play. That was the plan all along. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think the black label was just one of those things they weren't prepared for. They're like, "Wait, you did what?" <laughs> they're just like, "Oh, that turned, nah, we can't do that." That turned out to be such a good book, though. It was a really good book. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and you talk about like the Joker interaction in that with yeah. Constantine and all that. Batman the Damned. That's definitely one you're going to have to cover on Splash Pages, man. Oh, totally. Uh, I never read that. Or on another show. You haven't, you, <laughs> Rich, you haven't read it? No, I didn't read oh. that. I didn't read the Schlong yeah. episode. Uh, you're gonna like the not not because of the schlong, but no. you're gonna like the book. There, there, you're gonna there, like it. it. It was girthy. There, yeah, it was. <laughs> we're not talking to Chode here, man. <laughs> uh, there, there is a schlong free version. Content show. We, we've got the previews. It's okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is the nudity you yeah, heard yeah. about. Uh, the, there is a schlong free version if you care. If, okay. If, if, well, you'll, if, have to, you'll have to send me the link, please. Okay, I, I will do that. Uh, <laughs> but schlong free link, please. Okay, I'll I'll try to find it for you. Uh, but if I, you can just send me the regular link. I I I I do not fear the schlong. Okay. Uh. Well, it is oh, it is in our drive already. So. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Nice. It, it's uh. Well, there's a whole section for Lee Bermijo. Uh. Pretty sure I put it in there. And uh, the American one. <laughs> uh. Yeah. It's uh. Yeah. I got hooked on his art, Lee Bermijo. He. Or I. I know I'm saying his name wrong, but. He's, he's fucking phenomenal. Yeah, it, everything's painted, and um, it's it's just really almost realistic to a point. It's it's just um, it's different than an Alex Ross because it looks yeah. intense. Yep. You know, whereas Alex looks like oh, that's a real person. 
you know, Lee's looks like, oh crap, that demon is coming to burn me. Yeah. You know, it's, it, I don't know how else to put it. It's, it's guttural. It, it creates a reaction in the, in the viewer. Yeah. And I mean, he does, uh, he's, he's done Superman before, but it's just the way he draws Batman is, is just, yeah, just friggin' incredible. E- easily one of my favorite Batman, uh, D- artists. Didn't he do the cover for one of those Batman, you, um, uh, that you were just reading? I think he did some of those covers. Uh, I think so. Uh, he's yeah. been, he's been doing a lot of, anytime there's like a, a, um, a, a series of, of special covers, he's, he's been, they find their way in my my uh, my bin. Yeah, my, my, I know Detective uh, yeah. uh, one thousand twenty seven. He did a cover. Yep. Um, I think he did one for the uh, the Joker's eightieth anniversary, and I I'm not sure if he did the Superman the Action Comics one thousand, but uh, I I know he definitely did did a couple. And uh, this this stuff is so good, man. And, and going back to like his Marvel stuff was excellent too. He did a ton of Daredevil work. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. And some really really cool covers. Um, if you go back to I want to say like the Brian Bendis run, which um, I'm not the biggest Brian Bendis fan, but his run on Daredevil was very good. So, but uh, yeah, some of those covers were back then. I'm looking it up right now. Oh, nice. <laughs> Leo's like, as mentioned, here you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, that's oh, so yeah. cool. That's like hanging on your wall, cool. Yeah, totally. Uh, I picked up his uh, his art book uh, for Batman. Oh, nice. Yeah, I didn't Here. know he he had a specific Batman art book. Yeah, yeah. It's oh, jo- wow. Um, or or maybe it's maybe it's. Oh yeah, there's yeah. his Joker. That's yeah. so good. Yeah, the art of Lee Bermijo. It, it's yeah, pretty sure it's just Batman. See, it's like I, like I said, it's it's almost photorealistic but intense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, his uh, yeah, his Joker's pretty good. Yeah, he does. Uh, I, come on, why didn't it pop up? Um, Rich, uh, he he did a Joker uh book specifically. It's uh, have you read it? It's just Joker with uh, Brian Azzarello. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't think I read that. That's in that folder as well. All right. Yeah, it, it no Batman in it. It's just uh, a storyline devoted just to Joker and. Somebody that's uh, um, I don't think Batman's in it. That act- that story actually, I believe, predates the Dark Knight. So it's it's one of those things where we we speculate. Of course, that's where Heath Ledger got the idea for yeah. his look because that's where it came from. Oh yeah, it's a hell of a book. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, and it's okay. just uh, yeah. yeah, it is just a focused story uh, focused just on Joker and. Uh, one of his minions that wants to rise up, and it's uh, and that's the, that's Brian Azzarello, that one. Yep. yep. Okay. Yeah, and if it's not in the folder, I'll make sure it is for you. All right, I will be looking for it. Cool beans. Uh, I know we're running a little bit on time, but it's okay. Uh, obviously we we should mention Loki. You guys all caught up on Loki? Absolutely. Yeah. Looking yeah. forward to tomorrow to see the the next episode here. So, do you think? Uh, I I know there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of theories out there. Um, but a lot of them are crazy, especially seeing what they did with one. Nothing, no theories, um, are going to pan out at no, all. If, I, if that has taught us anything from these Marvel shows, I hope that's the fact. Cause that's what I loved about WandaVision because, you know, Oh, Dr. Strange is going to be in it. Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, all these series, Mephisto and everything, and none of them came true. And I absolutely loved it cause I was surprised and I, I hope that they do the same with Loki. Uh, but watching it is, is, we definitely know that there's something up with the, the TVA. Um, a lot of people are speculating Kang uh, is going to be the main baddie. 
Um, Be but, a good introduction, that's for sure. Yeah, and uh, but all that craziness at the at the end of the episode, especially like that that three minute supposedly like one shot. Um, hmm. you know, was that all an illusion? You know, if because we were introduced to the illusion in the beginning, and she tells Loki how to do an illusion like that, so you know, is he mixing realities or something? But, I like um the idea that Mobius, Agent Mobius, you know, the the name comes from the Mobius strip, which is your infinity sign. Yep. So that's that's kind of interesting to me what they have going on with him. And the the real interesting part of the show is just watching these two verbally spar with each other. Yeah. And that's just like I'm like, all right, I, I don't even care what's going on. I just want to see how they're gonna react to each other. Owen Wilson is just such an awesome actor. It's just he's so good. Yeah, yeah. I, I I could watch him in anything, and it's uh, yeah. He needs to. I'm glad he's coming back for this, and I hope this is like a resurgence of his career. And uh, I I hope we see more of him in in Marvel. You know, maybe we'll get the uh, the the Loki and Owen show. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you, know, you never know if he's going to show up in like Eternals or something like that, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he could. Why not? Yeah. It's so, going to be interesting, too, to see how everything kind of plays out with these new movies that are coming out. Are they going to reference Wanda in Vision or, um, you know, the Winter Soldier and yeah. all of these things? What kind of? Uh, well, they they, they kind of gave it a pause with this last episode on Loki, but how about all the timelines that are going to get bombed? All the possibilities of the possibilities of that possibly changing everything that we currently know about the Marvel Universe. And wouldn't Heimdall have been able to see Loki, yeah. you know, at, at any given point? So, you know, I know that the Infinity Gems don't work here, but what about like all these other areas of continuity like you know, the soul gem and, and things like that. So how does any of that stuff not affect the, the TVN or, or TVA, is it? Their power is just so much stronger, apparently. That they, yeah. They use it as paperweights. They laugh at They laugh at the <laughs> infinity gem. What's a fish? <laughs> Doesn't work in that universe or that alternate whatever place that they're in. Yeah. Uh, the American one says, hey, off topic, nothing's off topic, uh, you know, but he says, uh, but what defines what a comic book is? Can a hardcover be a comic book if it's too long? Is it not a comic book? I would imagine, obviously, it would have to be pictorial. Um, you know, it, it's I mean, a lot of people call the longer ones graphic novels, but they're all comic books. You know, what, what do you guys think? A potato is not a comic book. Doesn't matter if it's drawn and it's a story. It's a comic. You think it's fun. You want to call it a comic book? You want to call it a graphic novel? You want to call it a graphic book? Have fun. Yeah. Go for it. We don't care. Just enjoy. Well, remember those said. Calvin and Hobbes books? You remember those um, uh, the Far Side galleries? Those are comic books. Yeah. You know, I mean, you have floppies, which people get like the actual physical issues, like like Leo and I. We go to the store and get the floppies, right? You got your digital comics that that uh, Velvet Joker is is reading. Right. You've got a graphic novel, which could be a standalone story as a graphic novel. So say something like the book Mouse, you know, that's that's all a graphic novel. That's not into individual issues. Yeah. And then you've got like a collection like Harbinger that we just read issues one through five. And that's in here. It's a collection of comics. So but um, you, you can call it either, I suppose. Yeah. So whatever floats your boat, American one. Yeah. And totally agree with Velvet Joker. As long as you're enjoying it, you know, it's yeah. Call it whatever you want. And uh yeah, it, it's so, um, 
My mind just went blank. Duh. <laughs> um, are you talking about comic books? Like what makes a comic book? Uh, well, so you talk about like Calvin and Hobbes and everything. Those originate, originated from comic strips. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, it's, an, it's a collection of, of in a book and they're comics. So yeah, it's still a comic book. But like Killing Joke. So so yeah, the American one, I, I, I'm right there with you. I was confused when uh, I, I first started collecting and everything. And uh, when I started uh, organizing my collection, you know, like I thought that any graphic novel had to originate in floppies, you know, but I was completely wrong. Killing Joke was just a a, just a graphic novel right from the start, you know, Um, and that digital one, Justin, we talked about before. What was that? Digital Digital Justice? Oh, Digital Justice. Yeah, that was uh, specifically a uh, graphic novel. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I was totally off the mark. I thought it was a redo of uh, Dark Knight Returns, but I reread it and it wasn't. So you, you were right. As always. Books like uh, <laughs> God Loves and Man Kills for the X-Men. That was that was a specific Marvel graphic novel. I think it was like issue two or four or something like that. Because I think the first one was like the New Mutants first appearance. And then it was God Loves, Man Kills. That was specifically a graphic novel. Yeah, yeah I remember going back uh, probably in the late 80s. Uh, Havoc Meltdown, totally its own graphic novel. Oh, man, what a great story. I love that you brought that up. Hey, and, uh, and fun art, fun, very graphic, fun art. Absolutely. Keep the conversation going. I'm just going to pop out for a second because I smell smoke. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay uh, but okay. I, I think it's the neighbor's fire pit, but I'm just double checking. But you, uh, you guys, meltdown. there we go. You guys keep talking. <laughs> yeah. And um, going back to that, that was a book that was just like off the wall crazy about like um, Cold War politics with Wolverine and Havoc, two characters that are pinned together as buddies that don't quite get along with the most um, eccentric artist, I want to say. Like, Wolverine's hair is, like, out here three feet. It's, <laughs> it's insane. And, and I want to say, I, I think that's the one that Walt Simonson wrote. It was, like, one of the first stories that they let him write, and he wasn't even doing the art for it. And you're like, this is nuts, man. So, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. That's a great book. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't I haven't read that in years. I, I don't even 100% remember the storyline. Um, But, yeah, I just remember the art. The art so crazy. I think it's basically Havoc gets uh, gets uh, bamboozled by a redhead and uh, she she tries to get him to do something with like a nuclear power plant. Wolverine has to go save him and they have to figure out a way to get out of there without, um, you know, getting like horribly irradiated and nuclear (laughs) energy and stuff. So it's kind of like that. So. Right, right, right. Okay. But it's just it's just a crazy story. So, absolutely, and and those were painted pages too, weren't they? The, the covers at least were painted, but I, I think you might be right. It might be like one of those gauche things or chalk or something. Like it's it's nuts. Oh man, the ultimate! Look at that. Yeah, yeah that's this, so this cool. is a monster. Wow, look at the size of that thing. That looks like it's got some weight. Oh, it does. It does. You yeah. could John Wick beat someone with that. Oh yeah, this. I'm so glad uh, we read this. Oh, look at those oversized pages. Nice. Yeah, that's, that's a sweet looking book, man. Yeah, that's it, a that's a ten crowbar book right there. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All thanks to you guys. You told me about it, and uh, it was on sale. So you, uh, you gotta love splash pages, man. I mean, oh, yeah. it's it's awesome. I. I never, ever would have read Darth Vader or had the interest to read Darth Vader without this show, you know, and, and now I have such an appreciation that I went on to read like the Dr. Aphra books 
And, um, you know, some of the other stuff you, you guys have talked about when I've just been watching, I'm like, all right, I'm going to go check that out. Cause you know, I'm, I'm seeing that, you know, Leo and Rich and Drew are really into this. Let me, let me go see what's going on. So yeah, the, uh, the Vader books were, were, were great. Yeah. And even that extra, uh, C3PO book, because I just rewatched, um, I just started rewatching the last three, uh, Star Wars movies and the first one and all of a sudden you see C3P come out with a red arm and I'm like, I know the storyline for that now. I'm like, it's so cool. I don't know why he's got a red arm. Whatever. Uh, why are you torturing yourself? <laughs> you rich? <laughs> I'm torturing myself? Oh, you, watching the the yeah, last three? Rewatching the last oh, three? Oh, the last three. <laughs> I, I, well, a... I, I often like try to find things to watch as I go to bed. Yeah. And, you know, I'll last like 10 or 20 minutes. So, you know, I'll go 10 or 20 minutes one night, 10 or 20 minutes another night. Puts me to sleep. Yeah. I, I need to watch like a documentary or something. Like, I, I know this is hideous, but I watch a lot of ancient aliens while going to sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, it puts me right to bed. But, it's, uh... but, but, but I will say leo that um watching them seeing the uh, han solo get killed um episode or or a movie rather i'm not, I, I i i honestly don't know any of the three names which the one force is awakens which. yeah jedi this and new whatever and yeah i know whatever <laughs> so the one where han solo gets killed he looks so old and decrepit and that's like seven years ago i know he, he just moved and he screwed up the whole thing at indiana jones and you know he's 78 man it's i think it's time to be done we, we were just talking about this in our last episode of geek life you know we, we were like how intense must it be to hang out with harrison ford in general he's like yeah, hey you're gonna hand me that hammer what oh I, I, <laughs> you're like what is he's gonna come are you gonna yell at me are you gonna like <laughs> oh i just broke my foot well, what's going on can i get a sandwich what you know and they, yeah, they said so he hurt his arm funny. doing a, a fight scene. What, what fight scene is Harrison Ford doing? He's going like this, and then they're going like, cut, stunt man. He's doing no fight. No. Yeah. I, I, I'm kind of with you on that. I'm, I'm going to see the Indiana Jones, but um, I, I'm very much of the mind that they should have done something with Shia LaBeouf or something and been like, let's just hand it off to this guy. Yeah. You know, I would I would see it. I think he's a great actor. I, I think he's nuts, but we watch Nicolas Cage movies. So you know, we know he's nuts. Let's just lead into it. <laughs> well, well, what they need to do, the actor that they that they got for um, Han Solo, mm-hmm. you know, maybe use him as like a young Indiana Jones, you know, and just dub someone else's voice over him. Well, it doesn't take too much to go, you know. <laughs> for, for the record, I liked Solo. I thought Solo was a watchable film. I'm like, you know, I'm a Star Trek fan. We like our movies. You know, the the one that we don't talk about is the original motion picture. Everything what? past that is awesome. Wait, what? <laughs> not five. It's, not five. Right, the one right, with the whale? Fail. You like the one with the whale? Oh, I, hell yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's like our third favorite. Absolutely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, you got Rathacon. You know, you got Search for Spock. And then you've got like the one with the whales, the voyage home. So it's like, all right, right there. But yeah, five is not great. But one is so boring. But it's yeah. still, well, like, it's not like Star Wars where we're like, oh, we hate it. We hate it. It doesn't do this. It doesn't matter. You, it's you, Star Trek. And you, I love it. You have to go into one, you know, with the mindset that that is like the birth of the Borg. And that makes it palatable. <laughs> Listen, I, 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 I will watch it. Like, Rich says I love to go to Bad Batch. 
Batch. They're not. They're not. They're doing a lot of good things on yeah. Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. Yeah, Bad Batch is really good. Yeah, Bad Batch. We uh, don't hate those. We don't hate them. No, we don't hate everything, Justin. No, no. I, I, and and I don't take you either for a um a classic Star Wars troll. You know, would be like, oh, you know, I I hate everything after the original three. You know, there's there's a lot of fun stuff in the Phantom Menace. Is it a great movie? Definitely not. But no, the but music's awesome. Aspect, absolutely. You know, like there's there's correct. some really cool things in it. And and then you get to the second one and then you get to the third one that they did. And by the time they got to the third one, you're like, all right, we've got a watchable movie. So, well, I, I think the problem is and I'm not a fanboy or anything like that. And I, I don't you know me. I love just about everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, Force Awakens, I thought was phenomenal. I, I, I loved it. It definitely had a lot of hope going into it that this, that. We're getting a new Star Wars. It's going to be awesome. And then you get to Canto Bite. And I was like, what the hell are we watching? Uh, you know, the, the casino scene. Uh, in, in Oh, in, in Last Jedi? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, wait. I like that casino scene. I don't know why everyone hates that. And the whole running horse thing afterwards. I thought that was fun, too. The running horse, it was okay. It was just the whole morality that they seem to be pushing down your throat, you know? Um, but it, it, it just, it, it seemed like it was turning Star Wars into, I don't know, it, it, it's hard to say. Like, uh, you know, it's it's not, um, you know, I don't want to know too much about the government, you know, and, and their policies oh, and everything, okay. you know? I'm following you. So, yeah. so it's more of like a statement about like... Um like what the first order is, is about and you know um, how they make their money and, and what they do to oppress people like things like that yeah I, it, so, I like okay. how you know like Marvel they're getting down to the nitty-gritty in the series and that's where it should be and that is awesome you know that's where you can flesh out characters and flesh out storylines but in a movie you really don't want that information you know you you want uh, you want a a solid plot you know you want uh, you know, your good char- pace, right? Really good pace. Your character is going somewhere, throwing some action, and uh, you know a little bit of comedy, and and you're golden. But try to keep the storyline simple, you know. Not right, right. yeah. But with that, uh, was it Kathleen Flanagan? Uh, Kennedy, I think. Oh yeah, Kathleen yeah. Kennedy, and now we've got David Filoni. Yeah, David Filoni, like more or less, going to take over the Star Wars universe. Oh hell yeah, yeah. He, he's what, what's the next movie they're going to do? Do you guys know? I do not. Yeah, yeah. uh, they already planned it out. You, uh, what the hell is it? Is it? I I swear I've seen something for it. Recently. Um, the director from Wonder Woman is doing a Patty Jenkins. Yeah. The one who had literally months of COVID and all of that to fix Wonder Woman 84 and decided not to? I believe so. I oh, believe boy. She... Uh, she's okay, doing then. she's doing Rogue Squadron. Okay. Look out for um, dummies on the ground with Wonder Woman. <laughs> Do you know that scene? <laughs> no, I don't. Oh, did you watch Wonder Woman 84? I did. All right. So there's this one scene where she's trying to save a child on the road from like a car or something. Yeah. And as she runs over to grab the child, we can see the child has been re- replaced with a crash test dummy. And its head is like bobbing around and all oh, that. No. It is oh, so bad. Wow. And I wanted to like this movie so much. And it just kept letting me down. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, dude, I bought the Funko Pops. I was honestly <laughs> rooting for this movie. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, um, a couple things that were wrong with it, and uh, you know, we can talk about this because it's comics. 
Um, it didn't have any 80s music in it. Not not a scratch. You're right. Yeah. And, and I mean, I think if they would have had 80s music in it, it would have made it a hell of a lot better. You know, but there was nothing really tying you to the time frame uh, other than that silly scene with, you know, changing into clothes. Uh, but yeah, it, it's, uh, and yeah, it was too long. Yeah. It's, uh, the web swinging with the magic lasso. Just, that was it. For <laughs> Off of lightning. Yeah, off yeah. Of, yeah, off of lightning, no less. Yeah, as it, as if it wasn't bad enough just doing it. But I, of- I liked a lot the uh, Themyscira Island scene in in the beginning. I thought that was awesome. How they kind yeah. of established yeah. the whole thing. I'm like, that was so cool. Let's do that. It, you know? it definitely had, you know, obviously it's good points and it's bad points. Um, but the bad points definitely outweighed it. Uh, just real quick, upcoming series and movies. Uh, Book of Boba Fett is coming this season uh, or this uh, Christmas. Nice. Uh, Mandalorian season three, obviously. Uh, Ahsoka uh, is a series coming out. Rangers of the Republic. Uh, Andor is coming in 2022. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Star Wars The Acolyte. Uh, Russian doll showrunner Leslie Headland will finally take audiences outside of the same 60-year window of, uh, let's see, Acolyte is a thriller. Takes place during the final days of the High Republic era. Uh, then Star Wars Rogue Squadron comes out December 22nd, 23. Uh, and an untitled Taika Watiti Star Wars film. Oh, interesting. Exciting. Oh, and uh, Lando. IG-11. <laughs> right, that's what we get. <laughs> Hey, Justin, um, what do you think about Mando season three, Sans Grogu? Oh, man, that's going to be a that's going to be a hard one, isn't it? You know, it's you go from action to like that sweetness balance with it. And, and you think about how you've got like this whole lone wolf and cub. And, I, and just full disclosure, I'm wearing a Mandalorian T-shirt. I don't know if you guys can see it. So oh, nice. I, I'm definitely into Mandalorian and all that. Um, I think that what they've done with season season two, where it's like, okay, we've got like the tremors sort of kind of tremors, kind of like Dune, you know, in, in one of the episodes. And then, then they go into like the whole secession and all that. They've built something that now is going to have its own legs after this. So it can either go way up or it can just plateau. I'm I'm thinking that they're going to escalate it because this this past season they took everything that you wanted in that first season and they said, okay, we're going to do it. We're going to take his mask off. We're going to give you backstory. We're going to make him accidentally become the next successor to the empire that he doesn't really feel a part of, and we're going to challenge his religious connections to you know uh, this is the way. All of that. So now they've got to answer those questions that they've that they've kind of unearthed. So. In the fact that like Moff Gideon is still around and all, I, like it's just going to be compelling as hell. So it, I'm going to miss the Grogu stuff, but I was really mad at him for eating them frog eggs. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like stop it. Uh, what about you, Rich? What do you think? Oh, I, I'm I'm interested to see what they do. But Disney so heavily marketed the Mini Yoda, aka Grogu, that I, I'm I'm really curious. I mean, I'm sure we might end up seeing him on an episode or two, some, some kind of memory connection or something like that. But um, I 
I think they want to pull away and try to concentrate on the acting. Some of it really incredible this season. And uh, his name's escaping me right now. Uh, Bill, Bill, Bill Burr. Bill Burr's performance was so amazing. I was so impressed. I've always liked him as a comedian. I don't think I've seen him in a terrible lot of things as an actor. But God damn, did I feel him that. Oh, absolutely. And and, um, this was the year that that he really broke out as an actor. Between that and um, the the King of Staten Island. Oh, I forgot about that. That, that he was in, that he so played uh, the stepdad, right? In in season three of his uh, FS for Family. So I mean, this is this has been a really good year for Bill Burr. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. Um, w- probably one of the more interesting characters from that that uh, sort of. Uh, I guess you call it like a train heist episode or something, but um, you know, it's like they're trying to break out the the prisoners, and you know, it's it was a lot of fun that episode, and and that's the one that was so different than every other Mandalorian episode, and then they go back to that one. You're like, oh, this was cool. I, I'm with you, man. Well, Absolutely. if you look uh, at Ming Na Wen and uh, yeah. um, the other guy, yeah, Aquaman's father. I can't think of the bald actor, Mister Mister yeah. Aquaman. <laughs> Well, okay. So if you look at that episode and like you mentioned the tremors, like the, the sandworm type of thing in the beginning, uh, all John the, Carpenter's the thing is in yeah. another or aliens, one, one or the other. But I mean, if you look at the episode sans Grogu, you know, where he had to go out on his own, you know, like he's on Tatooine and everything like that. Um, those stories still held up and it was just, it, it was just pure Star Wars story without, you know, having the, the, the big names in it. No Luke, no Vader or anything like that. It was just, you knew it was Star Wars even without it being Star Wars. And it was just, I, I think it's going to be no problem, even though I absolutely love Baby Yoda. Like you can't tell, you know, I have a dozen of them behind me, but uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, I have faith Baby Yoda will be back. You know, you got to sell more toys. Uh, but I, think, I hope Cara Dune comes back, to be honest with you. I hope she can just kind of keep it together. You know, yeah. like if you're working for Disney, you've got to expect to keep whatever you you have going on. If they tell you don't talk about this and then you talk about it and act like you're invincible, that's on you. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see her come back. Just get your get your act together. Well, like like any job, you know, if you have a uh, a, a social presence, you know, you, anything you say could reflect on that job and you just got to mm-hmm. be be careful what you say, you know? Exactly. Yeah. You know, and, and I mean, that's that's the thing. It's like when the fans are literally telling her, we don't want to hear you talk about this, you know, and Disney is telling her, we're not going to pay you anymore because you talk about this. And she's like, oh, I want to exercise my rights. Maybe you should think about this. Yeah. yeah. Well, when she runs out of money, maybe she'll learn that her opinion is not that important. Hey, I learned it. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> I'm not making any money for my opinions. You know, it's, uh, I get you, you know, and, and I think she did such a good job. She, she was such a good presence on there and, you know, um, it seemed like everybody enjoyed working with her too. So I, I would love to see her come back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. Um, or she can go hang out with Scott Bale. Yeah. She could do that too. You know, we, we've got Ming Na, so that's, I'm okay with that. Like, yeah. guess what? And now we've got Bo-Katan. And now we've got yeah. Sasha Banks and all that. All right, cool. We've replaced you. Awesome. We, Moving on. We have, we have strong women <laughs> women characters already. We, you, know, you are not irreplaceable. Yeah. Well, and, and that was one of the things from the last season where, actually the last episode, where you had an all-woman cast, you know, without them, like, throwing it in your face, you know, uh, when they were storming that, that ship. Not quite Endgame is what you're saying. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it was my least favorite part of Endgame. I actually yelled out, really, in the theaters? <laughs> 
and, and I'm not I'm not a chauvinist or anything. I just like Leo saying it's when something is so non-organic, yeah, and it's just obviously thrown in there to pander, and you're like, oh, who are you fooling, guys? You know. Yeah, totally, totally. And like, you know, circling around, like Canto Bite, you know, throwing it in your face, you know? So, uh, yeah, I'm going to keep on harping on that. So um, I think uh, that's about it, unless you guys have anything else. Nothing at the top of the dome. No, we'll, we'll talk uh, more. Are later. you guys going to, you, you think you're going to check out some some more Valiant then, you were saying, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Cool. That's awesome. Wanna, Mission accomplished. I'll probably start by reading further into this story. Nice, yeah. And then see where we spiral from there. And I think the I think the art might change actually the, after the next four issues. So you know. Oh, nice. And, and Justin, who is the um, Doctor Strange like character, Doctor Demento? Oh, um, Shadow. So there's Shadow Man, which is all like voodoo and mm-hmm. um, like dark magic, and they get into like um, like uh, characters like Baron Zamidi, who is like an, an otherworldly sort of uh, devil like figure, like a Mephisto sort of. So mm-hmm. there's that. Um, and then there's um, Doctor Mirage. Yeah, so, Doctor Mirage, that was the one. So both are are pretty interesting. So, okay. but Shadow Man is the one that's going on right now. There's a couple different versions of that. So, but yeah, Doctor Mirage is an excellent read. It's it's part. Um, they were like relic hunters, like Indiana Jones, and um, the you, you'll find it out. So I I, I highly recommend it. Can't wait. Yeah. Well, uh, so Justin, where do you like people interacting with you on the social medias? The social medias. You can find me actually on the Dorkening page. You know, I'm usually there posting something fun. So feel free to say hi. Uh, you can find me in the Epic Shells Facebook group if you're a teammate, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fan. I know we've got Leo over there. Um, so um, you can also find me at Geek Life HQ. So that is our uh, our other podcast. It's a comedy movie re- review and we do silly impressions and stuff like that sort of podcast. Awesome. Velvet Joker. Well, you can find me here on Facebook, Rich Davis. I'm pretty public. I'm here every Tuesday night. Flashy pages. Uh, occasionally, I'll sub in with Dorkening crew on the Dorkening podcast. And find me on Instagram at Velvet Joker 2021. That's me. Cool beans. Uh, and for me, just Google Leo Pond. You find a bunch of stuff. Could be true, could be not. But more importantly, I want you to follow these awesome people. I run a little thing called the Dorkening Podcast Network, which we have a ton of shows on the network. A lot of people doing a lot of awesome stuff. And uh, I urge you to follow everybody there. And uh, with that, uh, actually, uh, I do a bunch of shows during the week. We do the Creative Spotlight on Mondays. We do Splash Pages here on Tuesdays. Wednesdays, I produce a show for Still Token With on Wednesdays and also The Dorkening. Uh, And then I'm going to be putting together a new show on Sundays. Uh, We have a comedian joining the network, David Russo. Uh, He wants to do a show, uh, Confessions from the Convent. Uh, and then Justin has uh, something he's doing. Brandon's going to be doing a show. And then we're putting together a little something called the Dork Night, which should be fun as well. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. So a ton of awesome stuff, uh, you know, by awesome people. That we'll catch you guys later. Bye. Have a good night. Bye, guys. Bye. Stream is closed. Bye.